0: Well, it, it is safe to say that no matter who you ask or talk to and you ask, well, h- how are things going? You know, how do you, how do you feel about things? Or, you know, that old uh, question that people ask, are you better off now than you were four years ago? Or maybe even appropriately now, better off now than you were two years ago since we're in the midterm. And uh, you can just imagine what those answers would be. My fellow Americans, uh, wow. Welcome in here to the Voice of the Nation. It is indeed Malcolm, out loud. Yours truly here, and uh, I, you know, I, I get the sense. And I don't know about you, but I, I feel like some something or someone or somehow is breathing on the back of my neck. Do you get that same sense and feeling out there? You know, I don't know about. Sometimes people reference it as the hairs are standing on the back of your neck. I sort of get that feeling right now. In fact, you might as well in our nation. You kind of have the sense that there's going to be another shooter drop shortly, right? And and what does that look like and what does that feel like? And that's going to be the midterm elections in 2022. Now, I am not going to repeat uh, the same thing that even some of my guests today may repeat or others may repeat that this is the most important election in our lifetime. I, I think that is a bunch of rubbish that people throw out there for every election, by the way. I think every election is important in our country, in our nation. And I think it's an, 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 an Amer- Americans have the will to always fight, no matter what is happening. We will always fight. Every election will always be the most important election. And quite frankly, a lot of the carnage that has been created in our country these last many years, it's not going to be fixed with one election, to be sure. Let's be real. It's going to take a series of elections to fix this thing. Everyone has to admit the truth. It's not a quick fix. When you have this sort of damage and this sort of carnage, it's just simply not a quick fix. It's going to take time. And people are going to have to be patient. And we're going to have to continue to ring the bell and remind Americans what the risks are if we're going to be successful in preserving future generations. And that really is the mantra here, friends, isn't it? Now, you know. So one of the questions uh, that my uh, guest today that will be on with us, that we'll talk about in a moment here, is they ask, why are Americans so unhappy? Well, as they say, it should be pretty obvious now, right? There are several issues that are happening right now that are having a direct impact on the midterm elections that are making people very, very unhappy. Now, looking historically at our elections, the biggest issue that is always front and center is always and will always be the economy. These are kitchen table issues that impact people's wallets, that impact people's lives. And that's what they're gonna vote on. They're gonna vote on that more than gonna vote on foreign policy. Now, foreign policy could have a big impact on their lives to be sure. Uh, Surely if we're in some sort of a massive attack mode or something's happening uh, on a worldwide scale, it would have massive implications for all of us. But people don't think in that sense. So we try to cover all the bases here, but really it's the economy that people drive these things and vote for. It's things that are going to impact their lives, let's face it. And those those issues that impact their lives, that's what they're going to vote on very clearly. The other one that has had a terrible terrible resurgence in recent years is crime. And this is because of the policies of the far left Uh, that they put into place. This is because of the corrupted DAs uh, in all of these markets uh, that you know that are causing these kinds of problems. Crime is escalating in many of our cities, towns, and it's not just the cities. It's the suburban areas and it's the rural areas as well that are having a massive uprising in crime. The crime is another issue that is very, very personal to us. And when it impacts your life, well, it becomes front and center in how you're going to vote just ahead. And let me just tell you, a lot of people's lives have been impacted by crime and continue to be that way. We're at sort of a tipping point in our nation now, where the rule of law either comes back or we just fall into an incessant crime wave and fall off the edge. That's really where we're at right now there's a price to pay for these kinds of policies and the recklessness of the people we've sent to Washington to represent us who are doing a pretty piss poor job in doing exactly that. The problem we'll talk about today, friends, it's not just one part of the political aisle, it's both sides of the political aisle. And you'll be hearing today, I'll give you a, a, a warning, a Surgeon general warning right now. We'll have a couple of folks on today that are probably staunch conservative, but probably staunch Republicans as well. Now, they may be more celebratory of the Republican Party than I am. I think the Republican Party is built with a lot of fools. And uh, frankly, are in some days, no better than the left, frankly. now I'm not talking about the Marxist left. There's a difference here of how you delineate all these things, keep in mind. But anyways, that's my sense. I don't it's hard to really hit your wagon to the Republican Party today and say, ah, let's do it. We're, got, we're going to do this thing, man. You know, and, and unless things are radically changing and, and you can say, yeah, yeah, they're going to change, Malcolm. But you know what? Has anything ever changed in our lifetime? Why is it going to change now? Hmm. And maybe that's a good place to start right now. Joining us on the program today will be a, a couple of very interesting gentlemen, one I've never spoke to before on here, so it'll be a pleasure to have him on. And that is Rich Koslovich will join us here. And he's a retired 40-year veteran of the structural pest control industry, uh, publishes uh, Paradigms and uh, Demographics. Uh, a conservative not-for-profit passion he has. Dr. Jay Lehrer is here, the senior policy analyst with the International Climate Science Coalition. He's a regular on America All Out and hosts the other side of the story uh, with Tom Harris as well, as you know. I'd like to start here, gentlemen, and talk about, um, I want to start right in the the, uh, 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 foxhole of uh, John Fetterman and uh, uh, Mehmet Oz. Uh, One is a senator, the other is a lieutenant governor. And uh, this uh, debate that took place uh, and, uh, you know, you have two candidates there. A lot of conservatives are not in love with Dr. Oz, but he looks appears to be a better alternative than the lieutenant governor, John Fetterman. Although some even question Oz, they consider maybe a globalist or that kind of thing. Rich, let me go to you first and ask you that question. Are you excited about Dr. Oz? What does he bring to the table, do you think or not? I hear people calling him a globalist, uh, more of that sort of a thinker. Can Dr. Oz do the job, or is he just another failed politician going to Washington?
1: Rich? I listened to your monologue, and I kind of wondered why I was on the show, because you pretty much covered everything the way I see it. As far as uh, Fetterman and Really? Oz, Interesting. I I don't really like Oz. I've never liked Oz because of his a lot of his positions. I've written articles about it. But it's one of those things where uh, there's something seriously wrong with Fetterman. Uh, One of my, I have an email, eclectic email group I belong to, and one of them is from uh, Pennsylvania. And he discussed, so as a result, in our group, we've gone back and forth on this whole thing. And one of the things that came clear through all of this, uh, with all the emails we exchanged, this man is seriously flawed. Uh, I, I have no idea. The question I asked our group, I says, you know, is it possible that Pennsylvania has such a uh, weak bench? If they were a national baseball league, they'd be at the bottom of the pits uh, with the, if that's the best they have for their bench. The man's seriously flawed. Oz, whether he's a globalist or not, I, I, quite frankly, uh, I'm not. Impressed with him. I've written articles about him. But the fact of the matter is infinitely better than Fetterman. Hmm.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I I think a lot of people would agree with that specifically, Rich. Uh, You know, with 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 Oz, there's a sense of uncomfortableness there. Yet the uh, Trump got behind him big time uh, and that put a lot of support with him. Oz doesn't come across, probably, as you and I would speak about, he doesn't come across sometimes as the most authentic fellow in the room. Now oh, I smart, agree. yeah, smart people can read into the BS leaves. You know, they can read that BS a mile away. Like I I I'm good at reading body language for people. And you sort of know he's sometimes telling you, or at least the sense I get, I don't know if you agree with that or not, you don't always get the sense he's he's oftentimes well, telling you what he thinks you want to hear. You get that sense as well?
1: Oh, absolutely. Um, Another thing as we're talking is uh, these conversations I've had with my email group came to mind. And one of the things that uh, I I live in Ohio, Mm -hmm. and uh, we have DeWine running for governor. And I got to tell you, none of my conservative friends liked him. And as far as I can tell, they they didn't vote for him. Uh, But it's a problem at the leadership. And it's the same problem in Pennsylvania. And another gal who's very involved in Republican politics in California uh, talks about that too. And I, I, because you had mentioned it earlier in your monologue about the problems with the Republican Party. And quite seriously, I, I think overall in the nation, it's that same group uh, of uh, have the same mentality and philosophy that's running the Republican parties in, in all of these states. Mm-hmm. And what's happening now, it seems to me, maybe I'm wrong, is the dominant base within the Republican party are very conservative. And that's who they're putting in office. And I think we're, we're probably going to see a, a lot of changes in that regard. It, but once again, as you say, it's going to take time. But the point is, is it isn't, just the candidates. It's the people who are in charge and picking these candidates. They really don't like, uh, real conservatives because real conservatives are, uh, uh, are, are geared to reducing regulations, reducing taxes, reducing spending reducing go- government. And this whole sense of happiness comes from the fact that in America, anyway, uh, worldwide, I just read this book, uh, uh dealing with that. And uh, uh, the sense of unhappiness and lack of Mm well-being permeates American society, and it isn't, and it necessarily what most people can define. It's a it's a sense of feeling insecure and. It goes back. Nothing is new under the sun. It's a Machiavellian principle outlined in the prince. There's only two groups in the world, the privileged and the masses. And the privilege, all they want is to maintain their privileges. The masses, all they want are three hots and a cot. Security. People want to be able to feed their families, they want to house their families, and they want to feel secure in their homes. And when that's not happening, they may not be able to define it, but they do not feel happy and they don't feel secure and they don't have a sense of well-being. That's when governments change.
0: Well, a lot of that explains and describes the uh, socialism and communism. And yet it's, again, projectionism when it comes to the Democrat Party uh, they represent the elites in every capacity that you've just explained and described, yet they put it on the public that somehow they're for the poor people. These people are not anything for the poor people uh, or middle class or, or the rest of us. Uh, therefore, the elites, which is where this whole climate things comes from and all their energy and economic policies and the rest of the rubbish they throw out there. Problem is the uh, public is brainwashed. Uh, many of these people, uh, they don't really understand, and they fall for these traps. And the media is all part of the uh, uh, the, the charade and the parade here uh, that is well, playing forward.
1: My, you know, one of my themes in so many of my yeah. articles is yeah. education is job one uh yeah that has got to be fixed and yeah. the first step in fixing it is as mm-hmm. far as i'm concerned yeah. is eliminate the department of education
0: oh i would agree with that but let's not go down that road now let me turn the page here a moment here and i'm going to bring uh, dr jay layer with us and engage in this conversation and uh i want to stay right on politics and the races here because we go into these other uh, roads and we'll, we'll easily get lost here jay All right. This election, uh, you know, I know you're going to bring this optimistic view to the conversation because typically that is your M.O. and I respect that. I'm an optimist as well. I'm also a realist. Uh, I've lost confidence in the Republican Party uh, for a long time. Uh, Basically, it's a ping pong game in Washington that they go back and forth with to see who the biggest loser can really be. That would be the most appropriate uh, sitcom that would describe Washington, D.C. Now, you have to think a lot of the times the problem is, We're voting in the best of, uh, like, the lesser of evils. Well, okay, and that's the way a lot of these campaigns are in these elections. It's the lesser of evils. So who's the lesser of evils in that case? Hardly do we ever get it right as a society and as a people, because we're sending the worst of us, we the people I'm speaking about, to represent us, which doesn't make a lot of logic uh, sense to me, but it really is what happens here. Looking at these races right now, Jay, Uh, And you lay out in this very fascinating op-ed that you and Rich have on America Out Loud, which I thought was marvelous. Uh, And we've got it actually, uh, if you go to the left sidebar, friends, uh, always on AmericaOutLoud.com, there's a section there called Talk Radio Talk. Uh, And under there, you'll see this uh, op-ed that Rich and Jay uh, uh, co-wrote here. It's called Color Me Red, Some Bold Predictions for the Midterms. And you describe the House and the Senate in there and what is possibly going to happen here. Jay, people are unhappy right now. You believe this wave that's coming, this tsunami is going to make an ultimate difference. It's going to take more than one election, though, to fix the problem. You believe that both the House and the Senate have a very good possibility to turn over to Republicans. But then can the Republicans do something with the ball? What do you think about that?
2: Well, as America Out Loud's resident optimist, I have three very optimistic things to say in relation to your initial comments and then Rich's later on. Uh, There is no question in my mind that there will be four dozen new people in the House of Representatives. They will be Republicans and they will largely be a new breed of Republicans. I Agree with everything you said about the Republican Party and Rich's comments across the country in the party. But I have watched in almost all of these races that they are a new breed. There are a huge number of middle road mil- military people, not the high level admirals and generals that are all liberals. That's how they, they got there. But people who have served in combat running for office, they will be a new breed. And they will slowly revitalize the Republican Party. Yeah, now, hold on
0: a minute, Jay. You're talking about, let me just slow down a moment. You're talking about the military, right? Yes. Yeah, now, it, you bring up a very good point. Thank you for bringing that up. I, I, I don't disagree at all there. I, I, I'm always fascinated with our military heroes. I, I just find it truly unique. The These, uh, these uh, guys and gals have served our nation in the highest order. And then they come back here, Jay, and many of them now are seeing that our fight continues on here, and more so domestically is the biggest fight internally we're having right now, as our ancestors had pointed out, will be our undoing. But I think our military is a real bright spot. I think the more of them that can run for political office, I think the better off we're going to be, Jay.
2: Well, that's exactly right, and that's what I've I've watched, and that's why I'm not only 100% confident that we're going to have a huge majority in the House of Representatives, a smaller majority in the Senate, but that so many of them are the kind of people that I want to see. Now, in that regard, I want to make a comment about Dr. Oz as well. Uh, I've never been a fan. He definitely had a reputation as an outstanding heart surgeon. Of course, when he went on TV, he started selling snake oil and I was not a fan of his. But my optimistic comment about Dr. Oz is that he will grow in office. Many politicians grow Mm. in office. He is one that will see the the correct path to bring this country back to where it was. Mm. Now, that's my optimism. My Mm. realism, and you point out that you are a realist, is to make a comment that many people in our audience will be shocked. Mm -hmm. I believe that Obama... And now the Biden administration have been the most successful administrations in my lifetime. Well, those are shocking words. Mm -hmm. They're successful in that their goal was to destroy this country as developed by our founding fathers. And they have done an amazing job. But it's over. I have been surprised that the puppet masters that pull Mr. Biden's strings. And clearly he has little to do with a single word he says. I am surprised they've not done a better job as we approach November 8th. And there are only a handful of days left. I think it's too late for them to do back and to do anything to win back the votes of the people Mm -hmm. who, as you said, concern with the economy, a little bit with foreign affairs, a great deal with Crime. I think it's too, la- too late. They are finished. We take back the government. Then I totally agree. This isn't going to be done in one election. It's going to take time, at least a decade. There's little doubt we will win the sure. presidency right. in 2024 and continue on with the work that the House of Representatives, which is way more important than the Senate. The Senate chooses the judges and a lot of important things. But the House of Representatives, they control every nickel this government spends. Mm -hmm. So once they are seated in this coming January, Biden and his puppeteers will not be able to rule by executive orders that cost any money whatsoever. We may not be able to stop all of the money that has already uh, been accepted within the executive orders, though I have some level of confidence that we can stop hiring 83,000 mm. uh, new yeah. IRS people. So I think there's some things we can do in retrospect, but it's over for this horrible, tyrannical government from spending money more of the people's money. That will not be allowed in the House. So uh, I'm very optimistic that this is the beginning of turning the tables on Obama and Biden. Yeah. Clearly the ter- the most terrible presidents this nation has ever known
0: yeah yeah and and they have been successful to your point in their what they described and they did tell uh, people what they were going to do jay in all fairness they they the words they use is they were going to do a transformation of america uh that that was very clear obama made that clear on the international stage he made that clear it is surely not a secret He told people what he was going to do. And then the alignment of all of these corrupt players globally. And that's what I think is happening right now. And I think what the 2022 highlights is. Uh, Rich, to this point, and I appreciate all, all of the comments Jay puts out there. I think the underlying point of this midterm right now is that there's this shift of globalism is really really very clear right now it's 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 in the um it's no longer in the rearview mirror i mean it's right in the front of us right here and i think the alignment and that comes back to the current da's and all of our markets from george soros that comes back to the world health organization that comes back to the world economic forum there's a lot of realignment of global players that tie to, again, Biden and his family and the corresponding dollars they've transacted with uh, international governments uh, and with uh, Barack Obama, who is clearly this one of the central players of evil here in all of these administrations here. And I, I think that's what I think a lot of Americans are not understanding. We're being put right now, Rich, We're we're being pulled, kicking and screaming, some of us, into really what I never thought was gonna happen because I never really subscribed to the global reset of the new world order. I thought that was just for theories, uh, conspiracy theorists, not for me. But it seems to me like we are being now pulled, kicking and screaming with COVID being a perfect exercise that allowed them to do that right into the new world order of globalists. And they're pulling down all the hatches to make that happen. And this 2022 is a big point of a milestone into that uh, reference point I make there. What do you say about that, Rich? Oh,
1: oh, I agree. Uh, This whole uh, COVID uh, uh, hysteria, uh, from the very beginning, I I wrote that this was not all this uh, shutting down the states, uh, shutting down businesses and um, uh, masks and social distancing and all this. This was nothing more than a prelude to something worse. Uh, the fact of the matter is, you look at at uh, England now. They have a prime minister who's now a globalist. There is no Conservative Party in England now. Uh, the there are uh, the um, America is being drug into this, but has been going. This has been going on for decades. Uh, I did believe that this was not a conspiracy theory. I believed it was a cons- litig- actual conspiracy. You look at the UN; they actually have. Uh, untold amounts of acreage in the united states that they're controlled as uh, as uh, international heritage sites uh, this pattern keeps playing out in in uh, one thing after another who wants to have international regulations that give them control over pandemics in effect overturning uh, in this case, all of this is based on overturning the American Constitution because uh, they could get away with this anywhere else in the world. They just can't get away with it here. But that, the fact of the matter is is there are entirely too many prominent people in positions of power and responsibility that are part of this, and they are wanting all of this. And I, I've never quite understood how you can get um, uh, people from commerce uh, who became wealthy under a uh, under this system, and they subscribe to uh, an effort to destroy the very system that made them wealthy. I, I wonder what's wrong with their minds. Mm-hmm. The reality is the only uh, in the Canada Free Press has a, 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 a on their headline. It says, "If there is no America, there is no free world." Make no mistake about it. That's the target. Whether uh, I don't care what they're what they're doing in Asia or South America or anybody else, the target is the American Constitution, because if they destroy the Constitution, then that's the only thing standing between freedom and a uh, form of worldwide governments governance yeah. Yeah. under the United Nations in a in a uh, tyranny of leftism.
0: Yeah. And, and, you know, the globalist movement uh, that people have to realize, you said it perfectly there, Rich, in the case of the UK with uh, Rishi Sunyak there, what has taken place. This is a very, very wealthy man, very, very wealthy man, Uh, as he's been described in recent days to me, more money than than the monarchy out there. Uh, He would be the elite of the elite. And to think that he represents the conservative movement out there is remarkable, Richa.
1: Oh, I agree. Uh, 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 Nigel Farage has, has, has come around and said there is no conservative party in England. And the truth is, is I don't know that there. there's not uh, there was a uh, there's even been effort by those who hmm. I thought were pretty conservative yeah. to try to bring back Bojo. I mean, it's like, yeah, what's wrong with I these people's that. minds? Yeah. The, uh, uh, well, let, let me jump in
2: just for a second. You made a comment that uh, these people have all the money in the world and yet they wanna be globalists. What you're missing there is that it's uh, human nature to want something you don't have. And all these amazingly rich people that are part of the World Economic uh, Forum that are globalists, what they don't have is power over the people. So all, almost every billionaire in America becomes a socialist or, or communist because in a socialist or communist form of government, Rich people can totally take control. In our government, which is a republic, that is not possible. You can't really directly buy power. So all these people wanting something they don't have, it's all about power now, not money. Well, it's always power,
1: uh, always. Well, the thing, too, though, is these are smart people. Mm -hmm. And I often wonder, have they ever read a history book? If you take what was going on in Russia right now, there were all these uh, oligarchs that had all this money. Mm -hmm. Well, it was very quickly taken away from them by Putin whenever it pleased him, Uh, whether it was uh, Adolf Hitler, whether it's Xi in China. These people uh, that uh, became very wealthy, uh, thinking somehow they were going to attain power, the guy in charge decides whether they're going to have it or not. So that's the history lesson. There, the, there is no uh, there is no way of holding on to things as long as there is no rule of law. And they may be they may be wealthy and they may be may be smart, mm-hmm. but I I think there's got to be something wrong with their minds because they clearly must not have ever read a history book. Because if they're if they're serving this cause of international socialism and globalism, they should know. At some point, this, they'll come to the conclusion that Lenin came to when he took over uh, took over in, in Russia. All the socialists in the world ran to Russia. They thought they were going to have this wonderful system. Lenin knew there was only going to be one man in charge, and it was going to be him. And that's the way it always is. And these people will be dominated by mm. one person, and uh, they're not going to going to have the power, and it can be stripped of them uh, in a a, a fit of rage or whatever it might be. When you have tyrants in charge, tyrants are in charge. That's it. They they have these benefits only at the pleasure of these tyrants. Mm. That's history, and that history is incontestable. How can they not know that?
0: Well, it, it's not that they may not know it. They may be part of the problem and uh, part of this uh, this uh, move to a, a globalist environment that uh, is very, very apparent, uh, Rich, as you've described yourself here. Um, so, you know, I, I did a program the other day that uh, talked about this, uh, friends, about this, uh, m- the midterm elections we've been really focused on here, uh, clearly, But what's taken place and the shift to a globalist uh, country and back to what was just said moments ago on the network here. You know, there are a lot of people who do not want to honor our Constitution uh, and they're looking to, you know, they want to tear it up completely. Uh, They don't want anything to do with the Constitution. Uh, They don't want anything to do with the uh, the, for that reason, the Electoral College. Uh, They don't want anything to do with being a constitutional republic. Uh, they're, they're looking for a democracy run by mob uh, style and uh, which would be easy to drag into the uh, globalist uh, environment. So this election uh, is is very key. The midterm elections, the question of the House and the Senate. An interesting point that Jay had made in regard to Oz, which was uh, duly noted here. Uh, and I think he's on to a, a good point there that uh, so many of these cats do learn it uh, on the job as they're there. I mean, this is a doctor. This is a, uh, a high-level uh, physician that now would be learning a whole new world. And he has a point to that. Trump did the same thing. Trump was a, a Democrat for a good part of his life, in fact, uh, and was a very liberal thinker and all of those things. And uh, But again, training on the job, and uh, he sort of came into that thinking And it's the same thing here that uh, I think you'll see that um, uh, could very well happen from Oz, without a doubt about it here. Well, friends, you're listening here to The Voice of a Nation. And as we get ready for the midterm elections, uh, it's going to be a moment. I mean, listen, listen, we're either going to wake up on the ninth and feel like we got hit by a truck. Or we're going to feel like, you know, uh, well, maybe there is something more to those rainbows and unicorns. And it's not just about transgenderism. Um, But uh, we'll see what transpires here uh, as we move from this election here. It is a moment, though, for our country of accountability. Accountability. People are going to have to stand up and uh, be counted. Uh, You know, you, you can only do this recklessness of the policies and the things that have transpired for so long. And the damage that has been caused in our country throughout the COVID years with both uh, the, in the Trump administration and uh, very very much the Biden administration has been uh, catastrophic to our country, to be sure. And now uh, you know, many people reference they love the Trump policies, but COVID derailed all that very clearly. And that's where the globalists hijacked that entire bioweapon from the Wuhan lab and uh, used it as a uh, uh, you know, the biggest explosion or bomb that could go off here in our country, which really offset the political world and uh, change the environment we live, think, and breathe in, uh, to be sure here. Um, listen, there are two products I want to bring to your attention that are so vital and so important here in America out loud to your own health. And I'm speaking about nasal hygiene. Uh, nasal hygiene is key. And we learned these lessons I share with you from COVID. You know, in a post-COVID world, if if you're not really paying attention to your lifestyle and paying attention to comorbidities, and because there are a lot of people who paid with their life, the cost of their life because of their lifestyle and the comorbidities uh, coming into COVID, uh, we we live in an uncertain world now, friends. We live in an uncertain environment in a post-COVID world where we know these things can be hijacked and used as weapons against the people. And so we need to be very, very alert. Nasal hygiene is one of the areas you need to be really alert. And for those of you who don't use it, then you're not thinking properly. I'm going to tell you right now. Just like you would wash your hands. You know, there was a time in our lives decades back where washing our hands was laughed at. There was a time when they didn't do that in the medical profession, believe it or not. And then it became a thing. It's the same way I would suggest to you now nasal hygiene is a thing. And if you're not using it, you're completely gambling with your life and taking unnecessary chances. Um, the power of nasal hygiene is that it gets into your nose and that's where the breeding ground is for these dangerous pathogens. I'm talking, yes, flus, viruses, super bugs, SARS-CoV-2, you name it. That's how a lot of people succumb to SARS-CoV-2 as it went from the nose into the respiratory tract, deep into the lungs, and people died. Uh, the, the, the bioweapon attacked the body uh, three ways to Sunday, and that was it. The way to do, change all that paradigm is to kill the pathogen right there. The only way to do that is to put something in the nose that's going to do that. One of the best products you can do that with, there are two I'm going to give you right now. Cofix Rx is made with povidone iodine, and it kills all the things I just said to you. superbugs, viruses, flus, influenza's monkeypox, giraffe vomit, uh, you name it, SARS-CoV-2, doesn't matter what it is, people. It's going to kill that in the nasal area and then it doesn't get into your respiratory tract and your lungs and cause havoc with your body. Uh, you can use this every eight hours, very safe to do that with, and especially when you're not feeling well, that kind of you definitely want to be using this. But even, uh, I'll give you an idea of a prophylactic idea you can use in a moment, but let me just tell you, uh, RX couple of squirts in the left nostril and in the right nostril, and then put that back there. Do it a couple of times if you like, and then spit that out and let that wash out the problem. Do that routinely, and it's a benefit to your life. Our listeners get 20% off. Just use the code Out Loud when you order it. You can go to cofixrx.com forward slash out Loud, and you'll get the, that 20% off, I tell you. Or, uh, or our listeners will also get it. You click the banner ads under sponsored partnerships, our friends that we work with here, back at americaoutloud.com, you'll also get the discount. That's how you do it. The other product I want to tell you real quickly is Clear, X-L-E-A-R. This one is made with xylitol. And the power of Clear, this is fantastic to use prophylactically and can be used as regular general hygiene throughout your life. And the xylitol will kill all the things we just talked about, okay? All the pathogens, superbugs, SARS-CoV-2, all of it. And that is a fantastic product. That's available at your pharmacies, your drugstores, nationwide. Uh, that's the place to get that. And so I recommend you try those products. And Probably try both, actually. I'd use uh, both. I'd use Clear when uh, prophylactically would be my choice. And I'd use Cofix-Rx whenever I feel a twinge or something coming on. Uh, For sure, and the povidone iodine is very, very strong. Anyways, I recommend nasal hygiene, and that's how you do it, friends. Uh, We'll take a quick pause. We'll join you just on the other side. You're listening to The Voice of a Nation. Listen to Malcolm, The Voice of a Nation, on iHeartRadio or our free apps on Apple, Android, or Alexa.
2: All right, you've all heard Malcolm and the great Dr. Peter McCullough talk about the povidone iodine-based nasal spray, Kofix Rx. They talk about it because it's a product that actually works in combating colds, flus, and coronaviruses. Copix is made in the USA and recommended by thousands of doctors and pharmacists nationwide. It's simple by attacking viruses where they incubate, you make it easier for your body to heal. Check out the Copix Rx banner ad on AmericaOutLoud.com and save 20% by using promo code OUTLOUD.
3: Pick up a bottle for you and your family today.
0: Welcome back to The Voice of a Nation. It is Malcolm Out Loud here, yours truly, and always a privilege to be with you, my fellow Americans. Welcome into the broadcast, as well as all of our friends around the globe. In fact, just this morning, I got a series of emails from our friends out of New Zealand. Uh, New Zealanders, Australians, uh, the UK, Europe, love to listen to America Out Loud. You can hear our signal all over the globe on the iHeartRadio network. Uh, just look at America Out Loud Talk Radio. In fact, your new cars, your apps will come onto your dashboard, and you just connect us one time, and it'll remember the network, and you'll have it every time you're in there. Uh, the other way to do that is our free apps on Apple, Android, or Alexa. Uh, they're free. They're America Out Loud, and they work. That's what makes them so terrific. And connect with those apps as well. The links for those apps are right on the America Out Loud website on the right sidebar, or just type in America Out Loud. Talk radio in Google or Apple or whatever you got, and it'll come up and then link the app. And that's the way you do it. Join our family of app holders. We'd love to have you. Um, you now, uh, we are speaking here today about uh, the midterm elections. Uh, 2022 is surely an important election, just as they all are. And uh, we don't subscribe to the theory that the sky is falling on one election here. Uh, we just just keeping a hold. It, it, let me just say every time we screw up and we get it wrong, We just dig the hole deeper and deeper and deeper is what's happening here. Americans will never give up. It's in our our breath to fight, even to our last breath. Historically, that's what we are, too, we are as people. But there's a way to avoid a lot of this frustration and uh, uh, unhappiness, (laughs) and that is to get it right and send the right people to represent us in Washington. Uh, We're going to have a chance to get it right just to hit here in the 2022 uh, midterms, to be sure. Now. A lot of the policies we've been talking about, Uh, the ones, gentlemen, and we're speaking here, by the way, Dr. Jay Lear joins us back here. And also another gentleman joins us for the first time here. Rich Koslovich is here as well. Uh, And uh, wonderful to have both. They co-authored a fabulous piece, uh, Colony Red, some bold predictions for the midterms. Let's dive into those predictions right now, guys. Should we put some meat on the bones here uh, and not just talking hypotheticals? You know, I started with the Fetterman-Oz thing because it was an interesting uh, juxtaposition of the race of Republicans and Democrats and that awful debate the other day that went on. But a lot of these cases now, I think Americans are uh, moderates, independents, blue dog Democrats, just left of center. People who still have a brain and think for themselves, not the Marxist left or these stupid people, those people don't really vote in these elections, frankly, but everybody else uh, understands the risk here and do vote accordingly. And I think these people's uh, eyes are pretty wide awake right now and they're watching things happen. And I think that's where a lot of these races are starting to tilt and they're starting to look at these policies you know, they did themselves a lot of damage here with the policies they put out. They blew up the whole energy system. They blew up our energy independence. They set everything on fire. They blew up the whole economy. They set inflation sky high. They borrowed money like they owned the joint. All of these policies were reckless. But, you know, Jay, you and I talked a while back and I said to you, you know, well, you know, potentially they're going to screw up so badly here that they'll make a mess of the whole situation and then we can get to that middle ground, that really fertile ground where people tend to be more independent minded in the way they vote and won't vote for a party or an ideology, but will vote by their these uh, kitchen table uh, issues and topics we're talking about here. I think they overplayed their hand. The, I'm speaking about the Marxist left because the Democrat Party doesn't really exist anymore the way we knew them. Uh, John F. Kennedy is long dead, and uh, this party has been hijacked by a globalist bunch of thieves and bandits on the, on and pirates on the global scale here. But I think they overplayed their hand, and I think the American people are rising now, and I think you will see uh, a real cause to action here coming into the 2022 midterms. So I would stand with you, Jay, and say that we're about ready to see. You know, but Jay, the one difference to you and Rich, I would say— I'm not necessarily want to put the mindset out there that we're looking for a red wave or a blue wave. What I really want in my heart of hearts here is an American wave. I want independents, moderates, blue dogs, left of center. I want Americans to stand and say, you know what, we've had enough.
2: Malcolm, that's exactly what we will get. And you uh, said a couple key words and that was the opening of eyes. Now, I believe that 20% of our country are liberal, progressives, if not socialists and communists, they really are the Marxists. And they're the people that could care less about what Mr. Fetterman did the other day in the debate. He's got a D next to his name. They're going to vote for him no matter how incompetent, just as they voted for Mr. Uh, Biden the same way. 20% of the country are arch conservatives, and they're going to vote for people with an R next to their name. I think 60% of the of the country are, are basically independent thinkers, but they don't care about politics. They are interested in running their own lives, their own families. But you said the words, their eyes are now open and they have to realize they have to take part. They can't just sit back and let the government be run without their input. So that 60 percent
0: out of that 60 percent, maybe let me just ask you this. I'm guessing maybe 20, maybe half, maybe 20 percent, maybe 30. I don't know. The problem we have going on with a with a full frontal wind coming at us is the media landscape, the liars and thieves and bandits in the media landscape. Uh, the indoctrination of the putting the uh these lies out there that people yeah, are Yeah but, just but you
2: already you already said it they have overplayed their hand Yeah I hope so I, I mean the the general public now knows that the media is a wholly owned subsidiary of what used to be the Democratic Party which is today the Marxist party mm-hmm. they've overplayed their hand yeah. people have woken up and they are going to go to the polls and uh, vote a vast majority in. And and this has never really happened in in many, many elections that people who could care less about politics are going to come and vote. But I want to give all of our listeners another point of optimism that is truly amazing. Two weeks ago, I went to New Orleans for the sole purpose of going to the World War II Museum which I would count as the best uh, museum in the world. And I've been to the Louvre in Paris many times, and it is considered the best. The World War II museum that's been literally 20 years in the making allows you in a a day to see everything that happened in the Pacific with Japan, in Europe with Germany and Italy and, and North Africa. And as you go through chronologically and you see... What went on, you knew we could not win that war all the way up to the end of 1942. There was no way we were gonna beat the Axis powers. But we pulled together and we did win. And we're gonna we're in the same war now. There are less bullets being fired, Mm -hmm. but it's been done with words. And we are going to win this war and take our country back just as our military soldiers took our country back in the early 40s in World War II.
0: Okay, yeah. Uh, Well, it is a global war right now we're dealing with, but it is a war nonetheless, for sure. Um, Getting into the meat on the bones here, uh, you say in the piece here, Uh, The Democrats control the House right now, 220 to 212, with three vacant seats and 218 needed for a majority. At this point, polls indicate strongly that Republicans will take 221 seats and Democrats 176. There are 38 seats seen as toss-ups. That alone gives Republicans the needed House majority if most polls are even close to correct. If the toss-up seats split down the middle, the Republicans will have a 45-seat majority of the 240 to 195. If the toss sub seats all go Republican, which you are, as you say, you're devoutly to be wished, they would have an eighty three vote majority of two fifty nine one seventy six. Uh, Rich, let's bring you into this and talk here about this these numbers here in the House. Uh, this is, I mean, this has massive potential right now to be a big uh, undertaking. Uh, I mean, the House could swing in numbers we haven't seen before if 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 everybody is wide awake here and paying close attention. Give us an analysis of what do you think happens in the House of Representatives, please, Rich.
1: Reminds me a, a great deal of, of what is it? Ninety-four, I think it was, when uh, uh, they had the contract with America. They was uh, there was a show with Cokie Roberts, and this business about the the House would be taken over by the Republicans. She smugly smiled. No, that's not going to happen. Well, the you're talking about that, back that with New
0: Gingrich days, right?
1: Yes. Yeah. yeah and I I've, I've,
0: I've actually interviewed uh, Koki uh, Robin R- R- she's gone now she's passed away yes but, yeah. she
1: passed yes yeah. at any rate uh I, I see the same kind of scenario playing out here uh just because they think that they can control these things that once again you come back to the point uh people's well-being is being uh uh being challenged and you're going to see them react accordingly uh, when well-being is challenged, when happiness is challenged, things change. Uh, they uh, the numbers I think are going to go huge in the House. And the other and Jay had talked about this earlier. The fact of the matter is, all tax bills have to start in the House. They control the spending. And they control happens, the purse strings. Yeah, for sure. Yes. And and but but that, you think I'm,
0: these numbers are going to be what? Get into the because the, what I just quoted to listeners here. I mean, we're talking. You're talking anywhere. Okay, so let's look here. Between a 45 seat majority, Rich, and a, and a 83 vote majority, what, what in your heart of hearts is real? What is what? What's real? What in your heart of hearts? What's real oh, in
1: those numbers? Oh, I think it's. I, I think it's going to be. I think it's going to be huge. I think they're going to take 40 seats.
0: Okay. Okay.
1: And the, as, far as, the Senate, as far as the Senate goes is I didn't think they were going to get any more than two. And I'm not so sure they could take potentially as many as five or six. Here's the thing is uh, uh, that we talked about uh, getting rid of Mitch, Mitch McConnell. Right. Now, only the Senate can vote on who's going to be in the leadership. Right. But what happens is if you have a enough people of like mind, you get a herd mentality. That's it. And if you have a lot of conservatives in the house and conservative and new conservatives coming in the Senate, you get a herd mentality where they might make it may create a attitude where they're going to make the changes in, in the Congress whether the old bulls in the Congress like it or not. And All I'm right. inclined to think that's what's going to happen. The, right. the the in the after 20, 2024 mm-hmm. it's I did an analysis for some friends and I I'm okay. convinced there's a potential How real? I don't know. There's a potential for them to have a 60 60 seat majority. You're talking about in 2024?
0: Yes. Yeah. Well, that's, you know, Rich, there's a caveat to what you're saying there. That's only if they don't screw things up.
1: (laughs) it's amazing how they have the ability to drag feet out of the jaws of victory uh, uh, every single yeah. time. So I every don't have conference. a lot of
0: confidence in the Republican party as a whole. They're run by a bunch of buffoons. Uh, well, so I hope that the new blood coming in changes that Rich, hold well, that thought. I want to get Jay. I want to get Jay back.
1: Why It's called the stupid party and uh, they've earned, they did All it right. the uh, old fashioned way. They earned it.
0: All right. Let me get Jay into your, cause you're jumping ahead and I want to slow it down slightly here in the time we have left here. But, uh, uh, Jay, with the uh, the house. So, Rich, you're saying I said according to your piece, you're saying it could be between a 45 and 83. You're saying in your piece here, uh, you came back, Rich, and said you you think it's going to be more on the low side of that, about a 40 45. Is that what you're saying to me?
1: That's uh, the numbers are hard to hard to predict, but I, I would say they'll have they'll have at least a a, a four, they'll take over 40 seats.
0: Okay. All right. And Jay, so looking at these numbers, these vast numbers of the swing on this thing, it, it could be historical in nature. What does your heart of hearts really tell you, Jay? Uh,
2: 60. I, I'm, I think that we have a very good chance of getting uh, 60 seats. And I've been following the tea leaves and the news for the last few weeks, and I have not seen mm. a negative sentence. Uh, the only show I watch regularly on television is, uh, Tucker Carlson, who I think is uh, really amazing. And of course, pretty much every single show for the last month has been on the election, on politics that affect the election. And uh, I've not seen a negative word. And and so I am absolutely uh, confident that we have a very good chance of 60. Uh, I would actually say if we only got 40, that would be somewhat of a failure in my mind because okay. i have right. been I, i've been predicting this for over a year okay. and actually newt gingrich is the only person that uh outdid me going back to last spring when i was talking 60 he was still talking 70
0: so so is newt still talking 70 now
2: i have not heard a quote from him in months so i but you heard him uh,
0: months ago say he thought the swing could be 70
2: and that is absolutely correct.
0: Well, that's interesting because he's been there, done that. He knows. He knows the whole breadth and where the bones are buried in this particular chamber. And uh, that's interesting that he would make that prediction. And I do understand, but he, I'm sure, knowing uh, where Newt would he, he's basing this, I'm sure, Jay on the historical uh, position of the policies and the way it has impacted the people and knowing of the inflation and the economy. He was just speaking his truth, which this could be a catastrophic tsunami uh, coming into the Marxist left. I mean, basically, they've overplayed their hand, as i said here. Now, pulling from there, Jay, back to the Senate. You know the Senate is important. We understand the House important. Senate is also important because it it, it uh, gives the the final vote for all of these people that put into office, all the judges, uh, which is very important for our uh, you know for our uh, uh, ju- uh, for all of our um, judges uh, nationwide. And uh, there's a lot of damage can be done there, as we seen with Donald Trump last uh, um, administration with the Supreme Court, even you know with what takes place there. Um, but uh, beyond that with the senate what we really need which isn't probably going to happen here is an 11 vote victory to put us at 61 then you could jam the then you could jam this thing so far down their throats they wouldn't be able to see their belly buttons um what do you what do you think of, no no chance that would happen jay but boy that would be a that would be a christmas gift well, and a half, it, wouldn't it be you
2: started off the program saying uh, saying that you know while everyone thinks it's the most important election they always think that All and right. you pointed out correctly uh, we're going to need many lecture uh, right. elections to bring the country uh, back. I certainly think uh, it'll take about uh, 10 years. And I think in 10 years, we could build to a 61-vote majority uh, as we keep doing things mm. that please the public. Amen. But right now, Amen. I'm very confident we yeah. get at least two votes. And I I've it. watched a number of, of the uh, uh, competitions around the country. As uh, Rich and I said in our article, I think a six-vote majority is not out of the question. So uh, it could swing that way. A two-vote majority, Uh, as far as I'm concerned, is is guaranteed. And the uh, debate between Federer and Oz was a seat that we were not sure we were going to win. Now we're sure.
0: Okay. All right. We've only got a couple of moments left here. Uh, Rich, let me get your last word in on the Senate. There's two to six. And of course, my dream wish of a Christmas gift of a lifetime, sixty-one. What do you say to all that? Uh,
1: I I I agree with pretty much everything Jay has said. I agree that the the two seats are sure, with potential up to six, and uh, I I think that's just where it, where it's going to end up. Is what what's happened? One of the things that we keep seeing is the polls are changing, which is at this time of year you expect because uh, the pollsters are are not honest. Uh, There's a reason why these campaigns hire their own internal polling. It's because they can't trust the public. Well,
0: they're in cahoots with the media and the rest of the exactly. bites. It's all At the so end. Yeah.
1: Now, as we're coming down to the yeah. election, all of a sudden, you'll start seeing the numbers yeah. change right. because they don't want to look like fools if it turns out against them. Right. But the reality, the reality is, is we're seeing the polls changing, which, which I, 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 I haven't believed in polls in t- for 25 years, even when okay. they agreed with me. Uh, right. because I just don't trust pollsters right. but we're right. we're going to we're seeing polls showing that these people running for the Republican Senate seats are starting to uh, all of a sudden, uh, in Washington state, the gallop yeah. there is now tied with, uh, practically tied with Murray. Yeah. That's unheard of. Yeah, it, it is unheard of. A lot of these races
0: are are totally unheard of. Rich, so I got to leave it right there. Here's the last word I'll give you. And uh, what a great program friends. Uh, well, there you go. There you have some uh, very uh, vibrant uh, predictions. We'll call them vibrant predictions. How's that? Haven't heard of it put that way, but I think that's what we're looking at here. Well, I think everyone's going to have to judge. I mean, it's just a tsunami coming in uh, of, of an American wave. And and, you know, in a lesson of in reality here for me is part of the reason I, I think this whole Republican talk or red wave or I don't think you you rub everything in our fellow Americans faces, our brothers and sisters. Uh, on the left or independence of moderates. I don't think rubbing this in their face is a good thing at this point. That's why I reference things as an American wave, friends, and not a red wave or a Republican wave. I think it's an American wave that gets the job done here. Let's bring them in as inclusive. You understand what I mean by that? And celebrate what we have here in front of us here. That's very, very, very important here. So it is an American wave we're looking for here. And uh, just remember what I tell you there, it's so important moving forward. Now let's make it inclusive, the Club of America, and bring everybody along. It is uh, certainly gonna be uh, an election of a lifetime coming up here. We'll continue on the path here. Big thank you here to uh, Dr. Jay Lear, Rich Goslovich, and just a fantastic program of, of, of fascinating thoughts and uh, of interest here. Uh, thank you for joining me on the mission. It's time to get involved and Get Loud America.